Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 198 of G.I. Joburg. That's right, South Africa's best G.I. Joe podcast. And I am joined by my regular partners in crime. Let me hear it, well, guys. South Africa and Australia. Yeah. And Australia. <laughs> Honorary permanent resident over here, Steve, reporting for duty. Also, Rob who else Down. Is Rob, Rob Down. Down here in Cape Town. Yeah, I'm Rob Down. Down awesome. for action. Rob down in the Capitown. Yes, we are pondering in episode 198, a world without G.I. Joe, a real American hero. Oh, the horror. But it's an interesting intellectual exercise, if nothing else. How did this brand affect you? And I think in my case specifically, quite profoundly. Uh, But hey, we're all here, which means that both us speaking and you listening were also profoundly affected by this brand. So we are going to discuss the fallout of it not existing. I don't know, guys, were you ever fans of uh, What If comic books? I love What If comic books. Mm. (laughs) They're always a lot of fun to kind of, like, you know, explore, like, uh, other alternatives. Like, you could just go really crazy. I mean, Marvel obviously did it a lot more than DC did, but I think... Especially early DC was every issue was essentially a what if, like what if Superman had uh, I, I don't know like trees for fingers, or what if Superman <laughs> lost his powers for a week, or what you know. <laughs> every single well, story was was a what if. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, there's that. I mean, um, I always liked it when they did those cool spinoffs like uh, Superman the Red Sun, that kind of thing. That was cool. Mm, the like, Elseworld stuff, yeah. Yeah, like, so what if Superman had landed in Russia instead of America? And how would that have changed Superman? Would he still be heroic? Has anyone seen the cartoon adaptation of that book? I haven't seen the cartoon one. I've just read the comic. (laughs) So, Is it good? Have you seen it? It's middling at best. And Mm -hmm. and what pushes it uh, away from being good even further is the fact that whoever they cast as Superman is not a native... Eastern European or Russian speaker at all, and oh, I think no. that's a that's a crying shame. It it's clearly a uh, you know voice actor who is attempting a Russian accent and is sometimes falling short of it, which is a real shame when your lead has to be thickly Russian accented and can't. But that's just me. I'm down with dialects, guys. Uh, it's not something that would necessarily get to anyone else, but I just think it's a crying shame, man. Cost someone a little bit more authentically. But then again, I, I don't know how these things are cost. It's probably like a quite a nepotistic environment, whoever gets oh, to work for DC animation. I don't know, man. But you know what? Before we get into all of that madness, uh, I just want to quickly check. Did you guys get anything new this week? No new toys? <laughs> no, like, you know? new, unfortunately. I'm dry. Well, I'm dry. not dry, dry. I finally had uh, beers for the first time in over a year and a half. Oh my word! Yeah, I just didn't feel like ever buying any. So then, finally, when the bottle stores opened last week, I mean, not last week, it didn't open for a while. But I thought, okay, let me have beer again because I've I felt like having beer. So I bought a couple of Amstels, and yeah, beer is still good. (laughs) Hard, eh? Well, I hadn't had a drink since Elliot was born for a while, and then when we released Slaughterhouse. Zazel and I met up for a beer, a little victory dance, and I was like, hey. oh, yes, I'm back, baby. This is so good. 
That's awesome. That's actually cool. Beer is good, Rob. I'm glad that you got some beer in. And then you oh, will. Yeah. And Robbie, I mean, like, is there anything cool at the shop that you want to tell us about? Maybe like anything toy wise that's awesome there, that's exciting, that's caught your eye, maybe. I think probably the only newest thing that we got was a um, uh, diamond select. Uh, what's his name? Guy. <laughs> John John Wick figure. Okay. He's kind of cool. Um, but he's like six inch, so I'm like, eh. But it's cool because it's like a deluxe version, so he comes with a bunch of um, all of his weapons and a case for his weapons and a couple of gold coins and shit like that. So oh, it's God. a really nice version. I'm I'm really happy for whoever buys it. Johnny Wick. <laughs> all right, Paul, over to you. Rubbing Yay. your faces. <laughs> like, Steven, I, I'm surprised you didn't get anything new like since we last spoke. You Ooh. know, the stuff that I kind of have been unpacking in the past few episodes, I actually ordered before the arrival of my kid. I haven't been so active on the shop. Um, but right. that said, I do have some hooks out for some things. And I think this is the year that uh, S-Jobs over here finally gets a Sky Striker. It's about Hell damn yeah. time. So, yeah, trying to get a line on one that isn't going to gouge me. I don't need parachutes. I don't think I even need Ace particularly. I would just like landing gear that functions, to be honest. Right. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't matter okay. if the stickers are for Kakta. That's that's right too. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, this is the year. Yeah, it's about time. Uh, but well, Paul, please. Yes, regales. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not like a lot. <laughs> okay. But something that's cool. I mean, I'm sure uh, if you if our listeners haven't had a chance to check it out, I did an unboxing uh, a few days ago. Actually, it's on YouTube. It's called Dustin's Box. <laughs> um, uh, Dustin uh, Cordish, who is a longtime supporter of the show and friend of the show, uh, sent me a box a while ago uh, in 2020, actually, which finally arrived now, which is a whole. I don't want to do the mental maths because I'll get it wrong, but it's a lot of months. It's more than five. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it finally arrived and it's really, really cool because inside it was filled with some Dollar General G.I. Joes. And um, there's such a weird, it's such a weird like spinoff of a toy that, but such a cool uh, sort of sideline. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they weren't like sort of quote unquote official releases, but they kind of were. But they released some characters in a in a way that I thought was quite necessary. And uh, a good example of that was they had done that uh, the 1990 version of uh, Snake Eyes, or the 1991 version of Snake Eyes, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, in in a modern era form. And it's close enough, and it doesn't have the sins of the 90s figure. It has no neon orange or anything on it, which is cool for some people. Technically, it's a neon red, but anyway, whatever. Let's not go there. Um, hey man, they, they very... at least kept the visor. Yes. Yeah. So they kept a lot of, you know, it, they released these. And Dollar General guys, guys are never going to come with a plethora of accessories anyway. So don't worry. You are spared the uh, spring-loaded backpack. But, you know, for some people, yeah. that is uh, a bit of a lose situation. But, but hey. I think it was... I think it's uh, they're pretty cool toys. I like them. I like them quite a bit. Um, and when they were first uh, initially released, I really wanted to get my hands on them, but I didn't quite have the the dollar to do so. And um, so I missed out on a whole bunch of them. Uh, only managing to have gotten Snake Eyes back in the day. 
And yeah, so Dustin sent me a box full of them, four of them, in fact. And I now have a very, very sexy shipwreck, a Tijinzu or Chinzu, depending on how you want to pronounce that. I've got a green shirt Duke, which uh, to it me gives you just... knife set. If you order now, we'll now. double the whole offer. What's that thing it's meant to come with? Like that nice ninja double big. <laughs> <laughs> and it's cool. Like no, that's I... a knife. <laughs> that's a knife. And then I got a green shirt. I mean, it's green shirt Duke, but it's actually a green shirt to be fair, which is kind of which not kind of which is actually pretty cool to have in one's collection, I think. And then I got a. Um, a black cobra trooper which in my mind is just the stinger driver uh which is pretty cool and uh and he's not really a, a trooper either he's an officer because he's got that v thing on his on his helmet so like that was a really cool set and then i just got some great uh vintage toys as a bonus in that box uh this awesome salvo uh with his t uh, crotch intact which makes me very happy because uh, mm. i have an uncrotched salvo got another ambush which is always great and as uh, if you watch the unboxing you'll see why i think that's a cool thing rampart because you can never have too many of this guy, I believe. No, Rampart's just a really cool toy. Glad to have got him in the box. And Backblast! Because why not? Backblast. You know, my dad too. had a field day when he caught sight of Backblast's file card. He was like, <laughs> Backblast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Skidmark. Exactly. Oh. I thought this and was then, very amusing. And then the cool little, like... The surprise, uh, the other surprise sort of uh, toy that I found uh, was I finally got a chance to get into a shopping mall. And um, one of my usual toy dives had some new Transformers Kingdom toys. Can anybody, does anybody want to guess which new Transformers Kingdom figure I got? Um, I guessed incorrectly in a private chat, but I said Megatron, uh, Dinosaur Megatron, that is. Yeah. Um, which I, I recently saw at a toy world here, and I thought, geez, these are two cool. things that drive Paul absolutely up the wall. Not, not up the wall, drive him crazy. Yeah, they make you, they, are, they, hit, they hit your sweet spots. Um, dinosaurs and Transformers and Beast Wars. I'm sure being a 90s kid, that show I rocked your world. It totally did, totally did. But so, you corrected me and said, no, it was not Megatron. However, it would have been if they had stock, but Ooh. I did get, um, and Rob, to my knowledge, there's no Bumblebee in this line, but I suppose I this character is, is close enough. Uh, I got Cheetor. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Because Cheetor is a cool character, and I dug him in Beast Wars, and we never got the Beast Wars Transformers action figures here in South Africa. So... Um, yeah, and I always used to watch this show, and I was always like, oh, I'd love to have a Cheetor and a Tigertron uh, like figure from that show. And of course, I would love a Megatron, uh, Maximal, or uh, uh, Predacon Megatron. But uh, yeah, we never got any of that cool stuff. And as it turns out, I was lucky we didn't, because they've released the best versions of those toys now. And mm, I finally have And Cheetor. affordable. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you could, you could have gotten the masterpieces. They've done, I think, Dinobot. They've done um tigertron they've done megatron uh who else have they done obviously Op optimus primal but that would have definitely gouged you um so yeah getting these and you're of course less um uh, afraid to play with them of course exactly yeah yeah because then they didn't cost me an arm and a leg and i kind of like the sort of stock standard uh tomi takara kind of offerings like i think the masterpieces are amazing but like you said they are expensive 
and just having these kind of uh, like the sort of standard releases, I could buy them in a toy shop, just adds to the excitement factor. And, and I don't every time go you transform a masterpiece, you are like on your best guard that you haven't chipped a bit of paint or a fleck <laughs> of chrome. It's terrifying. Yeah, no, mm. go with the standard releases. And also, what is so fun about the Kingdom line, um, something that only dawned on me when I saw the Rat Trap, is that they've got the scaling down. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, Opt- Optimus Primal is whatever the larger class is, and then Cheetor is the, the middle class, which seems to be getting smaller and smaller these days. Yeah, I see mm. you, Takara Hasbro. You're uh, skimping on plastic in that middle class. And then Rat Trap being Rat is the, the small, like, single-carded, you know, party size. <laughs> hey, put them in your pocket. So you can assemb- yeah. assemble the beast transformers uh, in a very accurate scaling and have them kind of interact as they would on the show. Lovely. I love, love, love that. So, uh, you know, tickles my OCD. <laughs> no, it, as it does mine, because there's a, an Optimus Prime in that line, which is, like, quite small. And he's the correct scale to the um, T or to the Megatron, to the Predacon Megatron, um, which is I think is badass. Like they can't look at each other eye to eye because he is actually smaller. So I think mm-hmm. that they did that. Um, but yeah, guys, I don't want to get into this too much. But I got to say the engineering on Cheetor is pretty cool. It is a little bit of a fragile feeling toy, um, yeah. but definitely one for your collection if you are a fan of Beast Wars and. Um, does and he have a you... gut gun? <laughs> and he doesn't have a gut gun. He's got like a tail. His tail turns uh, into this like very like hectic kind of hookish kind that's of. That's why I weapon. passed on him. Mm-hmm. That that you just put my put my got finger no on your toy. He's got <laughs> no gun. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's a somewhat a reduction from his original loadout. True. True that, but then they've also done this sneaky thing where they've released this one figure in the line, which is like a skeleton, and I saw it yes. on Fuse reviews, yeah, and he just like, you can turn that thing into weapons and armor and all kinds of mad stuff, so I think that's kind of why they didn't give him a gun, because <laughs> they want you to go and buy the Paleotrix or Paleotrix or Bony Tony skeleton, or whatever the hell it's called. Skeleton Transformer. Yeah, it's like this pay, mish pay Hasbro money for, for a, a box of bones. but like thanks but to be Mm. fair out of all of like uh hasbro's kind of cash gouging with regards to transformers i think that one is probably one of the more creative uh releases of that because they've been doing these like it's not a vehicle it's like a refueling station or some crap and then you can take parts of that and put them onto your other transformers to you know make armor or guns or whatever's but it's like essentially you're buying nothing at least with that paleo tricks thing you're buying an actual character i feel that has something to it but anyway i feel like is... you're getting less of a character than you were with um and i am blanking on the name but whatever they produced for siege yeah there was a there was a, an autobot one and a decepticon one that basically yes. breaks down into weapons that can be um ported onto the, the regular release figures yes yeah. but but it also had a robot mode and a alt mode if I'm not yeah, mistaken. but the old mode's like a little base to drive your little, like, you know, $10 Transformers onto. <laughs> Which is <laughs> so, great! I was a big fan super... of Micro... Uh, not Micro Machines, close enough. Um, micro Masters. Like, just, I... the, you know, creating an environment for these little guys to stand around and man things. Eep, 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 eep. 
Lovely. I love Anyways. that. The South African prices don't make that feasible. But anyway, guys, that's enough. I'm uh, glad we you had found a... Cheetor. Troy in the chat lets us know that in the States, uh, Cheetor was a tough one to find. I would probably anticipate that. I mean, he was, to the Beast Wars generation, the the hot rod, the the cool, you know, reckless young character that um, we all kind of enjoyed a little bit more as a kid and perhaps find a little bit more annoying now <laughs> as an adult. Mm-hmm. But I was always a Rat Trap fan. I was like, yeah, smart talking. He was like a New Yorker, wasn't he? Hey, man, yep. what's going on? Like uh, yeah. And he always had the opinion, like, we should we should run away and hide. Like, <laughs> except Predacons are dangerous, man. Don't mess no. with them. Uh, but he was expert with explosives, which is like Tunnel Rat. In fact. Tunnel Rat, yeah. So lovely love old... little parallels. I also love Dinobot, man. He was too cool. But anyway, we're, we're not... I think not... even at a young age, I realized like, yeah, Dinobot is made to be cool. I'm not going to go with popular opinion here. Like everyone's going to like Dinobot. Oh, the bad boy. It's Mercer. Of course, Paul likes him. <laughs> <laughs> But guys, if you want to hear this uh, more on this chat, please subscribe to our other channel, Bergformers. <laughs> I'm kidding; it doesn't exist. <laughs> but you know, people are going to say in the comments below, "It should." <laughs> it should, like, like he You love us, don't you? <laughs> yeah, he Berg and the Masters of Cape Town. <laughs> I believe there's new yeah. stock arriving next week. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> onto the topic at hand. <laughs> well, just to cap off new shit, uh, once again in the chats, Ryan Sweeney, thank you, sir, has reminded us all that Marauder Inc. do a very nice uh, John Wick character in, in the three and three quarter inch or four inch scale. They're using yes. that suited buck, and uh, you can get a nice uh, Keanu head to match. And there you go, baby. Bart has two of them. <laughs> Avenge some dogs. Which is like, I love. I know you don't like John Wick, but I, I love John Wick, dude. I think, I, I love the first one. I think the second and third one were like, okay, whoa. I mean, I still You're putting words it. in my mouth. I don't, I don't mind John Wick. I just, I just don't think I have room in me for like another action hero. Right. I so, just, you know. Oh, the first one just resonated with me so hard, man. And then it's become like Fast and the Furious with guns, which is okay because like I don't, I, I have a love hate relationship with Fast and the Furious. Um, you know that that's uh, Storm Shadow guy that uh, sent a, that what's his name Tommy, Rob. You had to deal with that asshole. Um, he sent you a letter and he's all like, "Why haven't you checked out the new Fast and the Furious Nine trailer?" And I get where he's coming from. Like he, it's a love hate relationship. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will eventually Speaking... watch the Fast and Furious movies. Speaking, Speaking of trailers, of... though, um, it just occurred to me we should have probably started this recording tomorrow because I think a little bit later, uh, this being Sunday for the US, um, the MTV Music Awards will be premiering the Snake Eyes trailer. Oh, mm. damn. That yeah. is pretty, that's pretty amazing, actually. I, firstly, but... I didn't know MTV was still a thing. <laughs> no, I know. Not not many of us are keeping towers with that stuff. I mean, the quick retort uh, by a few folks online was like, why are they premiering it on MTV? Isn't that just aimed at 13-year-old go- girls? Um, but which is dubious for the uh, Snake Eyes viewership. But it is probably going to get us old-timers watching at least a little snippet of it or catching it on YouTube later. But bottom line is 
I'm interested to do perhaps a reaction video with you guys. Uh, maybe maybe oh, we'll yeah. we diverted away from this episode, and uh, we'll uh, hopefully you'll be able to catch it on YouTube at some stage from the GI Joe Boat Boys. Yeah, that actually be quite fun. I, I've, I've been excited to kind of uh, do a reaction video after watching a couple of other reaction video channels. It's it's crazy uh, the emotions people go through when they react to things. <laughs> I anticipate very few emotions uh, at a kind of a, a live action GI Joe adaptation, particularly one that has so many perhaps uh, out of place elements. I don't know. Maybe it will be a, a thrill to see things that are familiar. Uh, I do know that both Scarlet and Baroness are looking fantastic. Uh, yes, some images, Baroness. some stills were, were released this, this, this past week. Um, yeah, very, well, very cool. That's four good reasons to watch. Zing. Zing. Man, uh, I got to say that. Yeah. In fact, actually, while we're talking about it, I'm sure you guys have seen those images. I mean, we've just mentioned like, oh, Baroness looks so good or oh, whatever looks so good. But uh, we've seen those images of uh, the Snake Eyes movie online. What did you guys think from what you've seen? I've got one thing I've got to say, and I'm going to post the image here in the in the chat. Uh, so I'd love to hear your thoughts quickly while I get my video, while I get my picture for it. Uh, Lorenzo de Bonaventura said that um, having an athletic star uh, makes action sequences uh, a cinch. You know, if you've, if you've got a guy like Henry who is lean and mean and limber and ready to do whatever they throw at him. Um, I think this was in reference particularly to a picture of him doing a sort of a one-handed, I don't know what you'd call it, a kind of a springback. Paul, you know the move, right? I'm sure you've done yeah. it in your dance career, if not your kung, kung fu, fu career. career or both. <laughs> so, yeah, he's got his, his sword in the one hand and is flipping backwards off his, his, his backhand. Oh, it's a one-handed. Which... Yeah, it's a one-hand spring. It's a yeah, it's a single-handed handspring. <laughs> I did one yesterday, actually. Oh, <laughs> I still got it, guys. This old back hasn't given up just yet. Hey, mom's gonna get you in the show in twenty thirty-two. Oh man! But yeah, no, I, the images are great. The the costumes um, look. Look, I mean, the, the image of Scarlet looks like her costume is a little bit too close to black again, which always, you know, gets a boo out of me. I'm like, ah, oh, guys, let's, let's, let's get some color. Let's get some boldness. If the MCU has taught us anything, it's that um, you can sometimes, sometimes uh, clothe characters in their classic look and you can get away with it. The and... Falcon and the Winter Soldier make a very good case for that. With the Falcon. <laughs> true, true, true. Yeah. So yeah, look, I, I think it's very safe to clad everyone in something very muted and very black and very dark and gray and brown and whatever. Um, and I was never expecting to see Lycra or <laughs> a, a unitard. Hey, but unless we'll Wes Anderson, know. unless Wes Anderson directed it, then it, you know, then it would have been like super colorful and stuff. Anyway, <laughs> let me show you guys that pic uh, a picture that I saw that has freaked me out a little bit. Um, yeah, let me. Yeah, actually, Rob, have you got a go. response? For I think it, I think it all looks really good. I mean, there's some really cool atmospheric shots. Um, 
I think they got uh, uh, Storm Shadow in the rain in some back alley, and I thought that was really. Oh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> well, does that fill you with joy, Paul? What, why are you showing? It fills this? me with joy because uh, can you guys see uh, Storm Shadow's swords? Uh, maybe. Oh, oh, yes. my, oh, there's my mouse point. You see the handles here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see the Suba, which is yeah. The... Those are two short swords. Very short swords. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that daggers. is more than half the length of the blade, which is not correct. And I'm not trying to be like anal retentive <laughs> here. I think there's a blade missing in this shot. I mean, this, I, and I've noticed that a lot of press shots tend to uh, show this picture off. And I don't know if this is going to, oh no, it's going to zoom in. Um, but a lot of press shots so, sort of show this in such a way that the swords aren't shown. <laughs> and so hmm. you only see the handle. So Do I you think, think it's a, 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 a it's a special effect shot that they haven't yeah. actually completed? Yeah, they haven't ah, done like, any like post production on. So like I was like, whoopsie, guys! You know, now, now you're making Storm Shadow feel like he's like highly inadequate. He's not not only does he have a short sword, he has two. <laughs> well, I still like the atmosphere. I think it it looks no, like it's, it's a cool it's shot, a shot. Definitely, it's gonna play really well. Yeah, I think the I think the art direction in this film so long uh, so far, from what I've seen from the pictures, makes me very happy. Like this is like literally the only gripe I have with everything I've seen so far. Everything, uh, otherwise, it all looks good. I even love this actor for Storm Shadow. So that is true. Ryan says it's not the size of the sword, but how you use it. This is very true, <laughs> and especially true if you have two. <laughs> anyway, jeez. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just. I, I really hope that is a, a special effects thing because it just seems very unusual. Um, and I imagine it is definitely a special effects thing because the toy doesn't come with two short swords like this. So, you know, it, it, sometimes that's a good sig- signifier. Also, um, yeah, take this actor for, for Storm Shadow. Anyway, yeah, I just wanted to share that with you guys and see what you thought. See if you had any lingering feelings about these new images considering that the well i will just out. say it is a hell of a ball ache if your your armor uh, or in order to make the scenes easier has this kind of cut off to the the the, the, the sheaths hmm. and and yeah. now it's, it's it's on your vfx team to fill in the swords every time yeah no, man that just does not seem correct at all yeah it that's seems just gonna weird. multiply your budget yeah, yeah. But anyways, what do I know about the the machinations of big budget filmmaking? Well, they've done I, some I, I crazy my toys stuff with my iPhones. They've done some crazy stuff with CGI. I believe in one of the the later um, Harry Potter movies, um, Daniel Radcliffe uh, was spotting quite a quite a bad uh, uh, like acne or something on his face or like pimples or something, and they had to go through the entire movie and basically CGI that stuff out for the entire movie so they'll go to like crazy lengths to do weird shit with cgi in movies things you you probably wouldn't even realize that is cgi'd yeah it's actually quite surprising how much stuff is cgi in film i mean i know when i was interning in cape town in cavendish i'll have you know in 2001 i was interning at a place for like uh two months i did like a job shadow thing there and um at a place called suspended animation and we were working on some Benicio, Benicio del Toro film. I can't even remember the name of the movie. But uh, a lot of the work that we... In fact, actually, we didn't know the name of the movie because we weren't under NDA. Only the, the big team was. 
and we were responsible for animating the shells coming out of the bullet. Uh, I mean, out of the gun. So when the gun was discharging, and the shell the shell casings come out, we were doing the shell casings in CG. Huh. So yeah, so that was one fun thing. Um, so yeah, you'd be surprised how much stuff is actually CG and yeah. And I mean, I'm so you know, I, I actually had half a thought that you're going to say, you know, Daniel Radcliffe probably was sporting a raging boner throughout the whole production. And all that, <laughs> but, uh, I'm glad to hear it was just zits. It was just acne. Yep, just zits. And yes, uh, Gaz, you are right. Sartan does look very cool in his predator cloaking device in that uh, in that picture. <laughs> Guys, a quick question. Uh, now that Gaz has brought up Zartan, quickly, quickly. Have you seen, and I don't know if this is legit or if this is just somebody's custom or what the story is, but there's like a blue Zartan classified figure. Have you guys caught wind of that at all? Is that like a real thing? No, I haven't seen anything to do with that. Negative. I, I saw a photo of this and uh, and it, it was done in package and stuff. And I, I've got a feeling it was like a creative, I, I don't know. Part of me feels like maybe it was just a custom, a really nicely done custom. They painted that blue quite well. Um, oh, okay, shot, Ryan. Because yeah, I was just about to say that is going to bring all kinds of madness to the to the, to an original mm. already bad situation. Just like the Hasbro press release saying, "Hey, it's got its color change feature." <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. All it does is it changes your money from being in your hand to not being in your hand, if you can actually. <laughs> But yeah, uh, but you do. Yeah, Ryan's right. You do get color changing paint. So, hmm. you could do oh. it yourself. Yeah, could do it yourself. DIY. Hmm. Anyway, enough about that movie that's coming out in like a few months time. I think it's like two months time from this recording. Um, let's get into. Let's imagine for a second, guys, a world without a real American hero. No, I we, don't want to. We spent, <laughs> we, we came out into the world in the 80s and we would never run into this fantastic toy we now know today as G.I. Joe. What, what, uh, how would this have changed your life? What do you think you would have been playing with? What about that freaks you out? Share your thoughts. Let's start with Sexy Rob's voice for a change. <clears throat> well, there's so many possibilities, but I mean, I, I really can't imagine not having G.I. Joe. Um, it, obviously, I mean, we, we're all sitting here on a G.I. Joe podcast. Um, it's obviously formed a huge part of our lives. Um, but I think my most optimistic uh, interpretation of this, or at least an alternate reality, would be even without G.I. Joe's, I think I'd still be playing with toys. I'd probably still be collecting something or other. Um, I mean, alongside G.I. Joe, before I discovered G.I. Joe, I mean, I had He-Man, I had Thundercats, so I probably would might have been a, uh, I don't know, he, He-Man collector or a, a Thunder Bro or whatever they call themselves. Um, um, <laughs> but then also, <laughs> I don't know, what do if they call they them? they don't, they should. <laughs> <laughs> um, or, I mean, in like a big part, even after like, uh, you know, I mean, me and Stephen still met. I um, mean, his, his family was still friends with, with my family. Um, I mean, yes, we played with Joe's initially, but we also played with uh, Bionic 6. Uh, Transformers was a big thing. So I can, I can imagine... Super Soakers. Super Soakers, yeah, absolutely. So I can still hey, imagine man. a reality where Stephen and I would, would have 
you know, getting still wild, the, getting went wild together, <laughs> just getting in the pool, photo shoots, squirting each other, net iron, hell yeah, squirting each other, playing with five POA bionic six, cool, yeah. hell yeah, and transformers no, as well. Bionic six I mean, didn't have five POA. What are you talking about? No, but they might, but they probably would have. Because there's oh, no G.I. Joe. Oh, because G.I. Joe didn't exist. Uh-huh. Shit, Paul's ah, thinking long and hard about this stuff. The impact yeah. <laughs> of the swivel arm battle grip and the O-ring. Mm-hmm. Well, I think even like Transformers, I mean, was was a big thing with us. So, I mean, there's, there's, there are a lot of other properties that we could have, you know, kept going with and become huge fans of. Um, but outside of toys, I mean, I was still a big fan of comic books. Um, I could probably have ended up collecting lots of superhero comic, superhero figures. Um, but I think, Secret yeah, pro- like yeah, Secret Wars, that that sort of stuff. Um, and there were the nineties, like Spider Man figures. I mean, we're we're big into those. Um, but outside of toys, I probably would have still been heavily into comic books and books. Um, I don't know. Like I, I just can't, I can't get rid of Jojo from my mind enough to imagine a place where like Jojo doesn't exist enough. Well, um, that's the so challenge of this topic, Rob. Gee, exactly. No, I definitely I thought about it as hard as I could, but like all I can think of is just, you know, other things that would kind of take its place, like Transformers. I mean, you know, we we would have big bot heads, I suppose. Um, mm. No. Uh, you know creating huge stories around those conflicts because i mean the conflict is similar in a way you know these kind of like two enemies fighting each other eternally um, i just don't think transformers invited the complexity of playing and and this might fly in the face of all transformers fans out there who do imbue the big transforming robots with a lot of character and they can have a progressive storyline with them but i think G.I. Joe, because the, the single unit, the avatar, the, 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 the figure, the base uh, um, character was a human who, who could then kind of be used with playsets, with vehicles, with equipment, but ultimately you're boiling it down to a single individual, uh, I think beca- allowed you to imbue a lot more human characteristics and, and connect better with it. Like, I, I never really connected with a Transformer I thought they looked cool. The alt modes were cool, but like you'd never play with your transformers in a kind of a downtime situation. Them just like sitting around base, Watching having TV. a conversation. <laughs> like if you were playing with transformers, you were like Decepticon versus Autobot, like doing battle, tearing robots apart, transforming. You know that I didn't ever feel like I was in a base having conversation between two robots it just didn't happen it was just all action and then you pack up your toys and go home. yeah i kind of see where you're coming from there i mean there's there's only action there's no like inter- interaction between i think gi joe as a as a as a toy play pattern has so many more dimensions than anything else that's that's my assertion at the top of this debate Paul, we haven't heard an opinion from you just yet. Yeah, I was. Um, I'm just letting you guys fly with it. I think. Yeah, um, I, I agree with what you guys are saying with the Transformers thing. I mean, I know for me, I probably uh, I loved robots, and I still love robots to this day. Um, as a kid, I was like robots, 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 robots. Robots were amazing. Whenever somebody brought a robot toy to school, I was all, all over that thing. 
It was awesome. But um, G.I. Joe as a toy allowed me, uh, introduced me to something else uh, entirely different, you know, like guns <laughs> and action guys and ninjas. Like, it's, it's a weird thing to say, but like, uh, you know, Ninja Turtles would still be a few, a year or two off. Um, but I was introduced to ninjas and, and that kind of idea way before um, Ninja Turtles, for example. And that I think I have G.I. Joe to thank for that in a lot of ways. I also think, um, like what you guys are saying, just coming back to this robots thing. I mean, I didn't even get to watch the Transformers cartoon when I was a kid. I just got to saw all the toys my friends had because I never really saw them in the toy stores that much. And then I would watch the GoBots cartoon that I would rent from the from the video store. And that would be like that was always like my interaction with robots. So I probably had I not been a GI Joe guy, I probably would have gone full on into like Transformers and stuff as well. Uh, but then, you know, I had this like stage in my life as a kid where I, uh, you know, I attached myself quite strongly to Ghostbusters as well. And I had the backpack, the proton pack, and and that got me that set me on a whole path of being interested in the occult and that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad Ghostbusters wasn't targeted for that stuff in the, in the 80s. But yeah, it definitely put me down a, a path of interest towards horror movies and stuff. Um, and so if I hadn't had G.I. Joe, I wouldn't have had any of that um, at mm. all, me personally. Look, you know? it goes even deeper. In the chats, Ryan asks, you know, if G.I. Joe hadn't existed, would Hasbro have had the financial clout to acquire the Transformers from Takara? Ah. Like, huh. like, are we looking at a situation where the Transformers never reach the West? Yeah, they just stay. Yeah, they wouldn't have even got knockoffs like GoBot even because there would be no need for to have done those. Well, like, yeah. Saban would have like gotten hold of the Transformers somehow and meshed them in with the what they called the Samurai Warriors or the Rome, Ronin Warriors or whatever they called it. Where they yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think transforming go. robot toys would have still hit the mainstream, but they wouldn't be as packaged as neatly as the Transformers. Like I think yeah. what Hasbro did very cleverly was create a narrative that bound these disparate toys together and that's what rocketed them into superstardom. Because, you know, you can't imbue a truck with character until you make it an alien from another world uh, who is this father figure to us all. You know, Optimus Prime is a smart bomb as a toy for a bunch of boys just, you know, looking for a wise master. I'm your robo daddy. <laughs> to live their life by. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know? Yeah, stuff like that. Uh, it, it's it's a very complex question, but I think uh -oh. an, a dimension that I want to touch on and one that touches me particularly because I'm a pretentious fuck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen to the words coming out of my mouth. Guilty charge. Thank you. Uh, Rob, my lifelong friend knows me better than anyone else. Um, but <laughs> I, I've always been, I've always had sort of language at my fingertips. Um, and part of that is, I suppose, coming from a household of, of educators. Uh, my father was a university professor. My mother was an English teacher. Um, but a huge portion of that is I very faithfully read only one comic book series. Uh, and that was G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero. And it was written by a guy who likes, likes to use very big words. 
And every time I encountered those big words, I would, as an inquiring mind, look them up. As a result, I had an arsenal of very unusual words to use for a young child. Um, words that would find their way into uh, essays, words that would find their way into exams, into anything really, just into speech, day-to-day -day speech on the playground. You know, some kids were put off completely. They were like, don't be friends with that guy. He's talking funny. Um, <laughs> His words have more than one syllable. <laughs> I also learned big words. Water a number of, yeah, well, you know, I, I, I suppose I paid the price in terms of popularity for, for talking so good. Um, but I hang all that, well, a large portion of that at least, on Larry Harmer. If he had not written a book called G.I. Joe, I would not have read it. And I would have been forced to kind of move my tastes onto some other comic book. Maybe not even. Maybe I wouldn't have read as much as a child. Um, the file cards also, dense, dense with technical terminology and 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 high concept like like philosophical questions at times stuff that would make you think as a child stuff I that you would go away from Carry on. <laughs> <That> <laughs> no, of course of course it expanded your knowledge into the practical side of of gi joe like the weapons and equipment but also into like a diverse cast of different characters both evil and good um, possessing like a range of, of psychological characteristics. So like so many dimensions were given to us in this play pattern. Um, and I don't think any other toy line ever uh, courted such, such depth. So if we didn't get it from GI Joe, I, I put it to you gentlemen, we wouldn't have gotten it from anything. Yeah. And I think quite, quite possibly because of you know the other toy lines being kind of banal uh, relative to gi joe they wouldn't have held our interest as long and maybe quite possibly we wouldn't be toy fans to this day i don't know i i can agree with that i can also go uh take it one step further in that you know you mentioned file cards right i mean uh gi joe file cards and in fact Stephen, you and i share a lot of uh, similarities in that with regards to our youth in using big words and whatevers, um, and <laughs> just like and whatevers, whatever. I think, <laughs> yeah, but word. I think I don't know. I mean, I I can't speak, but I know from for myself. Uh, I also like I was that kid that used like bigger words <laughs> than than I was. But then again, I also had a reading you level that was... used the term whatevers in text, and then always look with consternation at why it's got a little like, sort of squiggly red line under it. You know, whatever yeah. is probably probably not a recognized word. <laughs> but you know what's nice is that it's the language and I can control it and I can make it work however I want to. And that's the beauty well, of Paul, it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's G.I. Joburg has been around for 10 years this year and you have always used whatever's instead of whatever. And I'm finally going to point it out to you and say, I love you, Paul. It's <laughs> it's such a Paulism, whatever. <laughs> Shut, man. But anyway, you know, like, but that's the thing, like, you know, I also, I, I was fortunate to have a much higher reading level than most of the people in my school at my age. Um, uh, well, geez, like in, in grade, in third grade, I was reading really big books like The Hobbit <laughs> and stuff like that. Okay. So, uh, but that was because I'd read lots of, I had had this like hunger for reading 
and hunger for like worlds because of the file cards and the file cards made it like i remember having comic books and then because i had a gi joe file card for sci-fi um that i read it and i was like this is cool and then i actually opened up comic books and i mean geez i was like what five years old something when this happened five or six years old and i remember then going like through comic books and then like trying to read each bubble for bubble and like trying to get that right and then like maybe asking my mom if i didn't understand a word or asking a mom a friend of mine's mom or whatever if i was at my friend's house or something um because i was like really really interested in all of that stuff um but then if you think about like the file cards like there's no gi joe toy that comes out there's no file card that means a lot of subsequent toy lines never got file cards either so the, the ninja turtles uh, toys probably wouldn't ninja, the playmates wouldn't have seen fit to have added a file card to their toys because they would have just been like uh you know mutagen man uh, you know there we go you know put gun here you know like i don't think we would have had that like depth um i mean i know that he-man did the little the miniature comics and i know that that in a in a, in a way precedes gi joe cool and that in itself has also helped people read and whatever but i think because gi joe was so popular i don't think the file card thing would have caught on and and so we wouldn't have had that with with other toy lines we wouldn't have really gotten to know these characters and and maybe we wouldn't have been as interested to pick up those toys because there are are a lot of toys that have come out in the world um that like for example i'm just clearly super not interested in at all and i will bring a very good um example to the stand dragonflies did you guys remember that shit? <laughs> Mm, yes, where you going with Yeah. Yeah, you'd pull well, the dragon tail and the, the flyer would kind of fly off using a helical wing. And I mean, that came out at a time when we were still sort of um, sort of the right kind or fertile, should I say? Our, our minds were fertile ground <laughs> for toys like that. To come um, in, so, sorry to hear about your, your recent infertility, Paul. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, you know what I mean? I'm, like, we were, like, as kids, we were more curious and we had, had inquiring minds. You were a fertile more... child, were you? I was a Shut the hell up, Stephen. Gross. Um, anyway, so, yeah. So, like, yeah, like, those toys just never appealed to me. And I, and I think if a lot of toys went down that kind of path of just being gimmicks and not actually having substance to try and compete with something like G.I. Joe, I don't think I would have been into as many toys or gotten into toys the way I did. I think I would have probably just stuck into Gundam model kits and probably much, pretty much stayed there, you know, or something. Well, I know? think also compared to other toy lines, Giorgio definitely has a breadth of uh, a variety of characters. I mean, yes. most other toy lines have, what, six or seven different characters on each side, essentially. And I don't think they were ever forced to kind of like expand those because those are based off the, the characters that they used in the cartoons. Um, or I suppose in the comic books that they adapted it into toys. Um, so like everyone's favorites would be like, oh, my favorite is He-Man or Man-at-Arms or my favorite is Lion-O um, or Panthro. And there, won't be, there wouldn't be favorites like you wouldn't have someone whose favorite person was like Shock, you know, Shockwave or, or me with Scoop. Um, so there wouldn't be that kind of breadth of interest in, in a line. Um, but yeah, I can definitely imagine... Yeah, toys being left behind, you know, when you turn 18 or even earlier, 16, 15, 14, and but you Rob, discover video you games that's... and you move on. Don't you think that there's something in us? You know, it's a, it's a nature, not nurture thing where it would need to find expression. If not through G.I. Joe, 
something would have taken its place. Like I, I'd like to think that, you know, my first, my gut response to this topic was if G.I. Joe didn't exist, well, G.I. Joe wouldn't exist. I wouldn't have an avenue to create fan fiction. Um, I would have stopped all creative endeavors and I probably would have been a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because um, you wouldn't have pretended. You wouldn't have played as much pretend when you were a kid. But, but mm. there's a lot to be said for an innate nature that's in you that has just found GI Joe as its vehicle, mm. and that in a world absent of GI Joe, it would find expression in another form. And Paul, maybe for you, it would have been the Turtles. They certainly have had an enduring legacy. Mm. Um, for me, less clear. I think for a long time, Rob, you and I allowed the superhero toys to surpass G.I. Joe in our yeah. playtimes because they, <laughs> yeah. were, they were currently available. Like the, the toy biz, the action figures were everywhere and G.I. Joe had dried up. So we moved on and, and we really embraced that. And the thing about it is I think we can safely say that superhero toys would have been unaffected. I mean, they were at a different scale. They had a different construction and they took inspiration from a completely separate pool. So mm. I think in a, a world without G.I. Joe, a real American hero, that stuff would still exist in its, in its current form unaffected. Um, yeah. And perhaps it and just would, would have made us, well, yeah, mm. we, we would have all owned a lot more of it. It would have taken up a bigger share of our, our wallet um, yeah. and perhaps would have endured. And today, Marvel and DC collectibles fans are, are everywhere, and they're far more numerous than GI Joe toy collectors. Mm -hmm. um, we have the box, and there's a wide variety of characters as well. Depending on the line, they have produced lots of characters that you would never ever think that they'd make. So, what would our current avatars be if this was a superhero podcast? Boys, go, hey. Wolverine. <laughs> All right, I'd probably be a, a blue beetle. Nice. Okay, so a cool one, you can just take my avatar right now. Yeah, I just, just swap. <laughs> Boom. Blue Beetle and Booster Gold were always some of my favorites from the comic books. Um, they're the kind of f funny duo characters. Um, and they got up to their own adventures. Blue Beetle's also very creative. He's very inventive because um, he doesn't have any powers himself. He's kind of like uh, a more happy-go-lucky Batman in a way. You know, but more inventive, more of a creator. Like, you know, he doesn't have dead parents. He's doing it for other reasons. <laughs> no, he's cursed yeah. with the Blue Beetle. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I can imagine a world where we, we would be big into superheroes and today we'd be discussing, like, uh, how, how happy we are with the, the Snyder Cut or, like, the latest comic book line stories although i can't ever really imagine steven getting heavily into the comic books i don't know how that would work out it's all about the plastic for me and yeah that's what i'm saying i think you'd be more interested in getting the, the plastic versions and maybe knowing enough about the character to kind of uh, play with them you know in fights and downtime but not needing to know every single thing about them and, and read every single story ever produced about them necessarily the problem with the plastic when it comes to the superhero stuff is less focus on vehicle play. Mm, and that's, that's something that's so key to my enjoyment of toys. It's, it's being able to go from, you know, a land battle to an aerial battle to, a, you know, fisticuffs in the street 
like the yeah, stands at all. <laughs> they can fly, but the, they can go in the water, Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. But but what would you prefer their own to play? What would you prefer to play with? A a figure kind of moving through the water or the shark? And by that I mean the S H A R C. Yes. You know, not, not blasting yeah. off out of the, the the surf and then diving back down into it. I mean the one play pattern surpasses the other always in my mind. And someone brought it up in the in the chat. Um Giajo is also very much a more realistic um depiction of you know of, of toys and reality. Um so there's more realism to the Joe line compared to say turtle you know the turtles line or he-man or whatever <laughs> um so the, there's definitely a high level of realism to gi joe and I, I don't know how like how that yeah, will impact like, us playing with with our toys and having fun and, and and impacting people's perceptions of the real world as well i mean how many people would never have joined say the military um because they didn't enjoy gi joe's and their depiction of the team dynamics i think troy mentioned that in, in chat also, so the, like the ripples are huge, gentlemen. They are yeah, huge. Sure. And, and also, I think like I'm, I'm just as you guys when you guys mentioned toy biz. I mean, I, I said like, yeah, I would totally have a whole bunch more superhero toys, but I'd also be less discriminating uh, because I know that when I used to pick up, um, you know, toy biz action figures, sometimes I'd be like, I love the character, but I really hate the fact that I can't bend its arms the way I want to, and that was a result of having an experience with GI Joe toys. Mm, yes, <laughs> articulation snobbery, and certainly yeah. at the three and three quarter or four inch scale, uh, would the O-ring construction have ever kind of crossed the borders? I mean, it, I think it was Takara once again uh, with the Microman line that that had the O-ring initially in the seventies, yeah. uh, but it was GI Joe that kind of threw that into the mainstream, and then you had the imitation artists like the Core. Um, just sustaining that O-ring construction for many, many, many years and, and kind of making it the gold standard. It's like, yes, this is the perfect way a mini representation of a human being should move. Um, mm. and, and, and superheroes were definitely playing catch up. And in fact, they didn't ever catch up until you got into the kind of the Marvel Legends phase. I mean, I know mm. there were some super, super articulated Spider-Men um, back in the day. But yeah, that but was you know I got... But that was almost <laughs> sold as an action feature. It's like this yeah. particular figure's feature is the fact that he has an O-ring inside and can and crunch his ass. Yeah, yeah, he's got no, like no, 40 no. points of articulation. Oh, before that? Before oh, wow, that, okay. the Spider-Man, the animated series, had a super, art oh, yeah, super sure. articulated, but he didn't have a bicep swivel. Like, he was essentially still a straight-arm figure. Um, yes. But he had an O-ring inside, so you had a little bit of juice. You know, he had that... that uh, Roly waste associate <laughs> with uh, with having a rubber band inside you, um, but it, yeah, it's it's curious to me that like maybe we would have been stuck with the Star Wars five POA at the, the three and three quarter inch scale for forever. <laughs> you know, we we've backslid thanks to lines like reaction um, into that. And and now there's the the Star Wars uh, retro collection is going gangbusters, man. They are they're pumping out the Mandalorian figures now. Mm. So it's quite possible that at that small scale, we would have just kept regarding them as 
you know, this is a vehicle play line only. Uh, you're just going to jam your Luke Skywalker figure into an X-Wing anyway, so why bother? So, boom. That's all you get, 5 POA. Can that's, you imagine and- us being big into Star Wars instead? I mean, that's a line that has lots of vehicles. Yep, and then the sequels came out, and I would have destroyed that. So, so <laughs> I, maybe, maybe I would have been Star Wars to the death um, if I didn't have a better line to collect. <laughs> I yeah, think- you just collect the toys. I mean, you can you can almost disregard the movies, in at least the later movies, in a way. I mean, we've we've I, generally disregarded. I'm a snob the about it, though, movies. Rob. Like, I I refuse to have any apparel that has. A Millennium Falcon with the rectangular dish on it. <laughs> I am the same. And, and it's, it's, it's very problem. telling to me that... I'm glad you guys uh, are able to buy apparel like that even. <laughs> what, hey, man, how pampered am I? Yesterday I was at a, a sort of a collectibles lifestyle store called Zing in Oz. And they have the, the Galaxy's Edge release of the big Millennium Falcon. Which Ooh. is the Millennium Falcon that I have at home, but this is the latest release of it, kind of inspired by the um, the, the theme park. But, but basically, it's it's basically it's the sequel trilogy Millennium Falcon with the rectangular mm. dish. But but and this is where I knew they were playing to my demographic. They have an insert photo on the front of the box which shows you that clearly you get the old dish as well as an interchangeable <laughs> part. So, so they know that you've got a bunch of purists out there who are like, I want to disregard the sequels completely. I want to forget they ever happened. And I want to display my Falcon as the classic Falcon that you're going to see in the original yeah. trilogy. The true mm-hmm. test, though, is is you know, is it, if it's the original Falcon, then you won't have to bypass the compressor to... to Thanks for that, noob. (laughs) Also, guys, what do you think the call would have been like? Do you think it would have been like Star Core? Do you think they're like everything they would have done would have been like a knockoff of Star Wars toys? I think I think Lenard would have done that. I think Lenard would have done like a bunch of goofy aliens and like you know, guys with laser swords and space wizards and all kinds of funky stuff to compete for Star Wars. Did Lenard come into existence based on sales of their G.I. Joe knockoffs or did Lenard build its empire on Super Soaker? Super hmm. I, I, I think I think quite possibly we wouldn't have had the core, but we also wouldn't have had the Super Soaker. I think Lenard would have not gotten off the ground had they not been the off-brand cheap alternative G.I. Joe. Uh, that's me speaking out of out of school. I don't have the facts to back that up. But I think if the core came first, which I think was in 1986, but if the core came first, that was that was the bedrock that Lenard built their fortunes on, and then then they were able to produce you know the other products, the other products that that then put them on the map and kept them there. But yeah, I think mm. the bread and butter of Lenard is three and three quarter inch action figures without GI Joe existing. Dubious as to whether or not they would have ever existed. And then tie-in properties as well. I think Ryan brings it up in um, in the chat. Um, if you watch the toys that made us, you can see how it went from Star Wars to Joe to Transformers, where Joe is what built Hasbro. Also, with the success of the Joe cartoon, we may not have seen some other properties. So you would, so would we even have had cartoons based off our favorite toys? Mm. 
They are because tie-in comic books. Would there have been a need for it? Because the companies would would they have even have um, branched out into those to sell their comic books mm. or sell their toys? I mean, I think the precursor to GI Joe and, and things like He Man, you know, made 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 toy companies realize pretty quickly that like you're dead in the water unless you've got a cartoon to push it. So yeah. I, I think I think seeing mm. seeing live well seeing animated toy commercials slash comic uh, cartoons would have been an avenue that would have existed. Uh, even so it's a natural TV. idea you think that would come along, like marketing would well, be like, yeah, we need to be able to market these things. Just put it on television. A good idea just sort of caught like wildfire when you know we were in the era of I suppose Reaganomics, where it became legal again to to advertise toys essentially using the cartoon medium. Mm. Gentlemen, I'm afraid I've got to move this debate on because, man. Yeah, for sure. I but I mean, I think, I think from what we, we've discussed, I think it would be a very sad world with it, without G.I. Joe. We, we'd be yeah. playing superheroes or maybe Star Wars um, or maybe not at all. Um, I think we're, we're definitely living in the best reality. I would go one step further into mm -hmm. the sort of the morbid and this say that, nice. that, that Rob, you and I would have been friends regardless because yeah. we would have, sure. you know, still gone to mainstream films together, even if the kind of the toy play had died a death because of G.I. Joe not being there. Because G.I. Joe was the kind of toy that we could play with even when we were a little bit too old for it, because yeah. we could inject the maturity into it. Whereas the other stuff, perhaps a little bit too kiddie, superhero play. Well, no, mm. I suppose thanks, thanks to the cinematic endeavors, superhero play could also still be quite adult um but well, yes so so rob and i would would have been mates but paul i think you can recall the fateful meeting between you and i it was we met because purely purely a gi joe discussion that kind of got otherwise us we would have just been long-lasting dance rivals or some shit <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think i ever would have walked into the comic book store that day and struck up conversation if i wasn't cruising for gi joe books because I went exactly. in there and I specifically, you, you asked me, what are you looking for, buddy? And I was like, got any G.I. Joe? And that was the beginning of a beautiful friendship. But gentlemen, <laughs> yeah, we, have, we have an excellent, excellent voice note in store. So I think let's crack open post, Postbox the Pit and let's hear from Law. Hello, G.I. Joe Berg. It's me, Law, again. One time, my photo was taken in the road toad. And now everyone thinks that that's what I operate. But I think I need something more, I don't know, appropriate for a police officer. So if you were going to give me a vehicle, which vehicle would you give me? Thank you so much, kind gentleman. Oh, man. This is a topic that I wish we had my buddy Alistair on. Because if he was in the mix, guess which avatar he would use? It would be Law. Paul, you'd be yeah. whipping up a, a Sonic Fighters law avatar for the man. Hell yeah. <laughs> he is a fan. And I can tell you straight up, his law character used a quad bike uh, from the... It was the Soldier Force line by Chap May, but they did a police, police versus bad guys subset. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> it, was a, it, was a, it was a blue and white police ATV. 
But <laughs> because Alistair loved his guns, this was a rolling arsenal. He basically took Prestec, not Bluetack. I have realized there's a difference. Bluetack is inferior to, to Prestec. So go South Africa. Thank you. Um, hey. It just has better qualities at higher temperatures. It doesn't become goop. Prestec is incredible. I've got a little blob of Prestec that I've kept from SA, which I packed back in February of 2020. And it is with me to this day. And I'm very sentimental about it. Zazel will know um, because it disappeared into one of his pockets uh, during a, a shoot for the slaughterhouse. And fortunately, he got it back to me, lint and all. But anyways, I'm getting off topic. Hey. Alistair would Prestec an arsenal of weapons to this ATV, so Law would have <laughs> any necessary equipment uh, to deal with any Cobra scumbags. But yeah, I think I think I'm going to just take that answer and and superimpose it into this question um, yeah. in honor of my good buddy L. I think a Silver Mirage would be really cool because um, at least you have know, a place for like order to kind of run, kind of sit. That'd be kind of cool. Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. Be like chips, man. Like yeah. Fuck. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or as someone suggests, Gaz suggests in chat, an ore striker with a siren on top instead of the cannon. <laughs> that siren sounds un-American. <laughs> and you, Paul, what do you think you'd be riding? I actually think the Triple T would have been a great vehicle for law, because ah. it just it seems very Johnny Lawman in a lot of ways as well. Like him buzzing around the, the Joe base with these little triple T. Sorry, <laughs> please continue. <laughs> buzzing around the Joe base with these little triple T and, you know, like, beach it, pick that up. Or it's a court martial, you know, order like, running a lot behind him trying to catch up. <laughs> exactly. No, no. And then like, you know, no, like order would be like in front. He'd be scouting out stuff and he'd be like, ah, snake guys, got it. Stop fraternizing on the base. You know, court martial. <laughs> like, you know, that, that's what he would be doing. Like, Luca, stop drinking. <laughs> As Andrew suggested, a hammer, police style with rear cage and light bar up top. That'd be kind of cool because I was struggling to think of something that he could kind of put criminals into. I mean, obviously, I mean, he doesn't have to cart around criminals all the time, but a hammer would be a good option for that. Yeah, well, the Triple T as well. You just tie a rope around the Triple T and you drag the guys at the back. Oh yeah, oh, it's got the toe hitch. Yeah, there you go, dude. <laughs> you excellent suggestion from excellent su suggestion from Mr. Sweeney, the fun school vamp. Yes, uh, super cop. Bam. I was surprised none of you was going. I thought Stephen was going to go all fun school super cop on us with it. To be honest. To wit, if you want an excellent review of the super cop box set, check out Sergeant Slaughter's Slaughterhouse. Yeah, there you go, Zez. Promoting, brother. Uh, it is a fantastic little, um, well, tribute to a fantastic set. Did you know that it came with not only the fun school sort of cop vamp, but also a blue and white version of the Fang helicopter and the Devilfish? Sweet. No. Yeah. That's so cool. And God came damn. with Super Cop, which is essentially, I think it's um, Sergeant Slaughter's head, Flint's legs, Iceberg's arms, 
and mm, I'm blanking on the torso. Might be Wild Bill. I don't know. <laughs> but terrific. Super cop. That's a proper Frank and Joe. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, that is a very cop kind of head with the mirror shades and the little pencil moustache. Thank you, Sarge. <laughs> that, was, that was a that great was a... question. <laughs> And with that, gentlemen, I think it's time to get the rubber to meet the road on uh, my ATV. Paul, you heading out on your Silver Mirage, and Rob, you've got to... I have the Silver Mirage. I'm going to be on my Triple T. (laughs) Although, before before I jump on Ain't no rubber on a Triple T. That's a tank tread. (laughs) Um, Before I I run out, I just want to do a small shout-out to Chasing Eddie's Toys. Uh, Chris Muir, they've got a very cool... um, defiant video series that's out at the moment if you guys haven't had a chance to check it out yet do check it out uh getting a defiant for any joe fan is no small thing and i think you guys need to check out this video series uh part two i believe is on its way um but part one is out there right now on his um on his site and i will get the link to steven so that we can pop it on the bottom of this video so you guys can check it out as well just wanted to just do a a small shout out to chris miwa uh, for that, and I'd also like to welcome another member of the Bergforce, uh, Alex Spirito uh, Aralano. Uh, I hope I'm saying your name properly. If I haven't, I do apologize. But welcome to the Bergforce, dude! Yay, um, welcome, Alex. Yay! So, yeah, we got a we got a new uh, Patreon, uh, which brings us to if you want to join our Patreon and get exclusive <laughs> content like being part of the audience and getting cool stickers for your Triple T and whatnot then please check out our patreon there it is on the screen boom and the link is in the description below and if you want to get some very cool gi joe book merch or just have very cool gi joe styled merch i have to say that <laughs> so, um, then check out our gi joe book teespring store to go and see our very very cool gi joe book merch which i will say is very cool because i made it myself <laughs> anyway enough plugging of all of that good stuff and with that 198 is done and the road Ooh. to 200 is whoa we're so close <laughs> we're so close oh, uh, the value of a number look guys I, all i can say is after uh, a semi in-depth discussion of a world without gi joe a real american hero man am i grateful that they exist right Whew. absolutely Whew. yeah we're all here. We're all mates. G.I. Joburg exists. Uh, we've got friends in places all around the world, in the chat box, out there listening to this, watching this. I know you two gentlemen, perhaps a little bit more intimately than I should. <laughs> uh, life is good. We can be very, very, very grateful for this toy line that unites us all. So, whew. There's the yeah. positive spin for us. And all Hell the yeah. special, yeah, exactly. All the special and cool people that is brought, uh, yeah, brought into our world as well. Like guys, yeah, there's actually quite a lot of you to mention. So I'm just going to say, love you all. Seriously. It is very it cool. Doesn't, it doesn't do. work when we both bring the schmaltz, Paul. Well, I can't help it, dude. I'm sorry. Now Rob, <laughs> someone out, like Rob needs to, needs to just be like, yeah, whatever. Well, what love guys? Exactly the same. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. I, it's I pretty just... cool, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not but beer. Guys, 
Like <laughs> we did, we did get to see the beauty that is America, uh, or I at least got to see the beauty that is America because of this love of GI Joe, and that oh, is yeah. something hellishly super special to me, and it gave me one of the best road trips, if not the best road trip of my life. And so, yeah, we'll have another one, 2032, guys. It's coming soon. soon, soon. <laughs> cool, guys. Mask have a good off. one. Yo, Jojo! Jo. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> <laughs>